The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit WeSellOrlando.net. More nonsense talk. Awesome. <laughs> Three. Like, when is this story going to Seriously, when uh, is it going to die? Like, never. At some point, you have to move on, right? To 28. Why not? No. 2018? We're talking about this. The, all right. I'm not talking about it until we actually get into the show. Here we go. Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. My name is Jeff Sharon, along with the usual suspects, Eric Lopez and Brian Murphy here with us. It's mid-May, and guys, we're still talking about football. Aren't we? Unbelievable. But you guys are. You guys are. I have a life. I move <laughs> on. I'm talking NBA playoffs. There's hockey playoffs I'm going to. You guys might. I have a life. Have fun. Have fun How with the doing? have fun with the hockey playoffs, by the way. Me too. I'm we've got a, looking forward. We've got a lot to talk about, believe it or not, this week. We've got uh, we're gonna start off with baseball. Uh, we're gonna talk about softball. Eric Lopez, UCF not going to the NCAA tournament, but um, you were there in Tampa. You'll give a sort of recap of how, how everything went down. We're going to talk uh, a little football offseason stuff, particularly not so much about what Nick Saban said, but about what Alabama did and what Texas did. Uh, we are also going to um, give out some well-deserved props to uh, UCF Men's Golf, who are going back to the National Championship Tournament. Uh, we're also going to congratulate UCF uh track and field again on a job well done this season as they wrapped up their season the american athletic conference championships and we got to give some uh well-deserved props as well to ucf rowing the dominant dominant ucf rowing team winning a fourth consecutive american athletic conference uh championship at cherry hill new jersey this past weekend as always you can hit us up at black and you can hit us up at Facebook at facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret. We are also on Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. And you can hit us up individually on Twitter as well. Scream at us all you want at, uh, well, me at Jeff underscore Sharon, uh, Eric at Eric Lopez Elo, Brian at Spokes underscore Murphy. Don't forget, you can download this podcast uh, via Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. Gentlemen, let's dive right in. It is baseball, and here we come down the home down the stretch. We come uh, with our final home series of the uh, of the season with Tulane coming in for three games, or at least what we think will be three games, because God knows what's going to happen with the weather. Uh, UCF was supposed to have a midweek at Jacksonville that got canceled due to the weather. Remember, last weekend was also that um, uh, the series with Oklahoma that was that non conference series because of the odd number of teams in the league. UCF drops two out of three after they won the first one. Uh, so UCF currently stands, uh, when you look at the record, at 33-19, and 11-10 in the conference. Brian Murphy, what do we think of this team now heading into the two-lane game? Uh I mean, I've said this before, but it's an important series. It's especially important after it's especially important Breaking after they lost two out of three to Oklahoma. <laughs> it's a, it's an yeah hot takes. By the way, watch out! It's an important series to end the regular season. Hot takes. Um, oh, we got lots you know, of hot takes. The today, Tuesday carry on, carry on. Oh uh, yes, yes. Uh, mine was the most mild. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Tuesday cancellation in Jacksonville was the right call. It was good that they called it early because the weather was just brutal. 
But with that cancellation, UCF lost an opportunity to add a really nice, what would have been, a, a could have been another quality win with, against a top 25 RPI squad in Jacksonville. Um, on the road, no less. If they had gotten that win, it's a really nice sort of thing you can you can stick in your NCAA tournament resume. Um, so I, I think you know, although it was a good call and, and it was the right call to make it that early to cancel the game, I think you know, Coach Lovelady, it was a little perturbed that they didn't get the opportunity to go actually play that game and see if UCF can get another top twenty-five RPI win. As it is, they come back here. It's Senior Weekend uh, against Tulane. And really, this is a series. I think I've said this now for like three or four consecutive weeks, but like UCF needs to win this series. Like, it's just the way they've gone. Like, they go up and they go down. It's kind of topsy turvy. You don't know really what you're going to get from this team. I think me and Elo, you know, Eric came out to uh, to a game this weekend uh, when they were playing Oklahoma, and me and Eric were discussing like, so what? What is this team exactly like? Because it, it looks good, like on paper, it's it, like it uh, with its with its uh, with its RPI and uh, it, a lot of its numbers look good. And then you watch it play sometimes, you're like, man, that's ugly. And there were some yeah. some defense defense especially this past weekend against Oklahoma. It was like cover your eyes, like shield your children away from this. Hide but your kids, hide your wife. Hide your kids, hide your wife. They making errors out of everybody out here. I mean, it, it was it was rough. But you can like see like UCF was threatening in every game, even the games they lost in the ninth inning. They brought the tying run to the plate, and then they had a really dramatic win on Friday night against Oklahoma, a 14-inning walk-off game in which they were down by one, mm-hmm. going to the bottom of the 14th, and they scored two. You just don't know what you're going to get from this team from game to game. Um, but this is a series they should win. Tulane's been struggling. Uh, they did they did win a series against Memphis, but Memphis is the bottom feeder in the conference. And this is a series at home that UCF really should take two out of three. And probably at this point, they really need to before they head into the conference tournament. The part that drives me ballistic about this team is that they never seem to be able to slam the door, right? They must be Mm -hmm. undefeated in their, or pretty close to undefeated in their first games of three game sets this year. But they are. No, actually, it's fun. It's funny you ask that, Jeff. Uh, In their conference turn, in their conference series this year, in, in just conference series, they are 8-0. Uh, Unbelievable, really? They, wow, I pegged that. They are 8-0 eight, eight, eight in conference openers, uh, series openers, and then after that, they are, I believe, like 3-10 and like three and ten or something really bad. Oh, something God, like really? it's not good. Like, yeah, well, They're 11-10 they, and they, ten in conference, so we can do the math there. They're 8-0, so, so that's 3-10. Yeah, well, maybe it's not all... Well, before I get ahead of myself, maybe it's not all conference. There could be a couple of like non-conference uh, series put in there as well. But like the point is, I think I wrote uh, somewhere it was like eight and zero in the last eight uh, series openers, and then five and eleven uh, after that. Uh, it, it, it's weird. It, it doesn't make any sense. Much like baseball, which again doesn't make much sense. Uh, and it's just you, you see one team, and then you see another team. But it's the same team. It's just a different day. And you just don't know what you're going to get. They're a box of chocolates, Jeffrey. They are a box of chocolates. <laughs> By the way, UCF is 7-0 and in conference series openers. Okay. 7-0 and in conference series openers. So that means that they are 4-10. Four and 10. And 10. In, yeah. uh, on Saturday, well, ostensibly Saturday and, uh, and Sunday right. games. So rotation. 
and this is the this is the part of the season where you got to start setting this up because the American Athletic Conference tournament starts on Tuesday, May twenty second. By the way, the field is set. Memphis has officially been eliminated as uh, as their ninth in the league. So they're uh, and they can't get into the eighth spot. Which, by the way, Wichita State is is going to be the eighth seed. It looks like, uh, barring what happens. Well, notwithstanding what happens with Tulane, who's in the seventh slot right now, but. Uh, and uh, Wichita, where's their RPI? I thought I had it, I had that a hot second ago, but um, they, they, oh, thirty nine. Okay, so they're thirty nine. They've actually dropped eight spots yeah. in the RPI, but still they're in the top forty, and and they're the number and they're the dead last team in the tournament. They, and they're going to be they would likely be playing Houston at least if the tournament started now. So who has an who has an RPI of fifty one? Right, go figure Just, that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so you're right. UCF Which does get a, how bogus the RPI is, or whatever. But yeah, but here we are. I mean, it's, is it any less bogus than the 15 other rankings that we have to pay attention to? I mean, the, the RPI, while confusing and sort of nebulous, is still important when it comes to factoring in like a, like a uh, a team's tournament resume. Like Houston, because they're at 51. Uh, and UCF, which, you know, after the, after the series lost Oklahoma is at 34, I believe like UCF is ostensibly in one way in a better position because even though Houston's on top of the conference uh, and they're, and they, they've got the conference regular season tournament t- t- uh, championship, uh, UCF has a higher RPI, which just factor in a lot as sort of difficult as it is to understand. Yeah. Um, well, it's, well, well, it's still a big deal. I- I agree with you, Murph. Now, I think two things. I think that why this is why the Tulane series is critical because Tulane's been down this year. I don't know where mm-hmm. their RPI is, but it's not very good. They're in the nineties, uh, I think. They're, they're eighty-one, so. right? So I think you're if you lose this series, that RPI is going to drop. And number one and number two, I think you. I think from what I've seen, I think UCF's in good shape to be in the tournament. But if you lose to Tulane, two out of three, I think that puts extra pressure now to do well in the conference tournament because you could play yourself out very easily so i think that's why the tulane series big as far as houston's concerned the fact that you win the regular season time this is where i disagree with going with rpi i think the rpi sometimes the committee uses it way too much as a bible which it's not it should be a tool not the tool an example is houston if houston wins the regular season title of the fourth best conference in your sport like the american is in baseball you should be in i don't care what your rpi is i think it's a joke at some point you have to have eye test and results on the field should matter. And if you're the good enough to win your fourth best league, or even third, depending on the day we look at, you should be in the tournament regardless if your RPI is 50 or not. I think the baseball committee will figure that out, unlike other committees that are incompetent, like softball. But um, Eric's I think in a that's mood the way tonight. I watch out. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I've, been, I've dealt with incompetence here for the last week and so in with comes with the softball committee. So, I mean, I'm a little chappy about it, but... I think that's the way I would look at it. I think the American is a five-bid league, right? I, I feel at this hour, at this hour, Houston should be in. And tell me when you're, if you stop me when, you're, when you think I'm wrong, Murph. I, I think, think you're right. Should, yeah. East Carolina is going to be in and might even host. Yep. Um, Connecticut's in. Yep. USF is in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think UCF's that fifth team. I think Wichita State is the team that would be out right now. Uh, and they would have to, I think, go deep into the conference tournament to get back into the mix in the NCAA, but I think this league should be a five-bid league, at least, and I think as long as UCF doesn't slip up, and I think, to your point, 
That's why this Tulane series is big. I don't think it helps their resume, but it could hurt the resume, right? Right, exactly. And the thing about Wichita State is while they have a nice RPI, you, you can't go 7-13-1 in conference and have a really good case to be in the yeah, tournament. Yeah, unless um, you're in college softball, but, you know, that's all. Well, you, we're going to get there. We're, you're going to have your time to shine. You're going to have your time to shine, baby. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's going to put that last in the show so you can tease it. you got to tease the heck out of that. <laughs> well, I just did because we're going to do that next. But anyway, carry on. Uh, yes. So, And that's why, like, the, the Jacksonville cancellation on Tuesday. I know you couldn't do anything about it, but, like, it's pretty big, like, Jacksonville is an RPI 21. Like it was, it could have been a, a really nice road win to have this point in the season. Um, and yeah, that makes, and, you know, to anybody who thinks that UCF is going to be, you know, kind of locked into a two or a three seed in the regional, like, no, like this team is still very much on the bubble. Uh, they need to win this series at two, against, against Tulane, especially since it's at home. It's your senior weekend and it's Tulane. Like they are a struggling team. They have the, the, the worst ERA in the conference, they have 24 players who are underclassmen. It's a, it's a very young, inexperienced team that really has a hard time pitching. The bats need to pick it up for UCF, which has been a tricky proposition for most of the season for this team. Uh, and then they, they need to do a little bit of damage in the conference tournament if they want to feel comfortable. Because right now, I, I really don't feel comfortable saying like this team's in the tournament. I, I, I really don't. I think, they're, I think they're more on the bubble than people realize, but they can change that with a series win. Speaking of things that are on the bubble, uh, the weather for the series coming. We've had some mm. kooky weather here in Central Florida the past week. We're in this. Uh, we're in that transition phase where we go from, um, you know, the 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 sort of not quite summer to the summer, and we're expecting showers basically and thunderstorms potentially all day during the daylight hours, from like eight a.m. till about seven p.m. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Now this is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. There haven't been any announcements as of yet. We're recording this on Wednesday night. There haven't been any announcements yet about time changes for the games. But uh, what are the concerns right now? Because we're looking at 6.30, 6.30, Thursday, Friday, and then 1 on Saturday. I mean, I think we're going to get some delays here, possibly maybe about an hour, an hour and a half on Thursday and Friday. But Saturday is uh, another thing um, – entirely so what are we what are, what based on what we've seen you know where we're expecting thunder showers um basically all day into the evening uh, what's the situation right now I, I wish i had something concrete to give you on that i mean i asked coach lovelady about that this afternoon wednesday afternoon and he just said that that he and his coaches have been basically not getting any sleep and have been uh, you know, updating weather apps on their phone constantly <laughs> to try to figure out what's going to happen. And uh, I believe it because they don't want to play a double header before the conference tournament. They really want to avoid that at all costs. Right. And, and so, well, what windows do we have here to play baseball? That's not constantly interrupted. And, you know, <laughs> he was very, very clear that you might see games that were scheduled for six thirty at night as the Thursday and Friday games are, they might move those up to even 10 or 11 a.m. in the morning, uh, depending on if it's best for what's, you know, both these teams. They, the conference has sent out an email to every team uh, saying that we know that some of you are dealing with bad weather this weekend. You need to do whatever you can to get these games in. Uh, they're going to do what they can. But it, it, when you look at this forecast, and, and I know it's fickle, like it's Florida, it can change in a matter of seconds because it's Florida. 
uh, it, it, you really don't see a window where like, okay, well, we can at least depend on those three hours right there to get a game. And like, we, yeah. I don't really see that right now. There's no thing really there unless, you know, they want to move it up really early or maybe even really late. Like a, like a, I would like say like after 8 the o'clock, humidity. you know, that, that's like, yeah, after, 8 p.m. After the sun, after the sun sets and after you get a little bit of the atmospheric heating out of the air, a little bit of the moisture out of the air, with the sun being down, maybe you could play then because obviously you won't have as much you know tumult in this in the weather. But again, like that that could mean that you know you start a game at eight o'clock and then you're you're, you're on the field till till the midnight and and you know God for Finn if that's on a Friday night and then they got to come back and play at one. They will do that just to get the games in, but uh, it's not exactly ideal. Here's the problem that they're going to run into. So the tournament is in Clearwater. It starts Tuesday with two games. At three and seven. Now, UCF mm-hmm. right now, in the first game, game one at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, May 22nd, is the 4 5 game. Right now, UCF would be the five playing UConn as the four. So, wow. it, like you said, it's a quick turnaround, possibly, if the standings hold up. Heck, even if UCF moves up, um, <clears throat> and I'll have to check who. Um, who uh, UConn is playing this weekend because I haven't seen, but um, but yeah, if you if you can't get that Saturday game in, and that's a problem. Like uh, I think Love Lady hasn't even yeah, Love Lady hasn't even announced a starter for Saturday. He's got Finfrock on Thursday, Chris mm-hmm. Williams on on Friday, and then officially right now, this is a tweet as of thirteen hours before we recorded this, um, TBA for Saturday. So, yeah, and I, I talked to him about that. And, you know, you know, if I had to guess, it's probably still Joe Sheridan on that Saturday. But no one wants to say anything there because because really and I know this is like the cliche of all cliches, but like they're taking it one game at a time. And so if that means that they got to spend guys like Thad Ward and J.J. Montgomery and Jordan Spicer on Thursday and Friday and even Joe Sheridan, they got to use Joe Sheridan early in the week. You know they'll 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 figure out who starts they'll they'll figure out who they who starts Saturday probably on Saturday or Friday night, um, and I think that that's that's really more than anything. You know, I, I, it sounds like Joe is is healthy enough to pitch if he if he if if called upon, but they just don't want to they don't want to put out a starter for Saturday right now because they just don't know what kind of position their bullpen is going to be at the end at that point. What about so they're not going to say anything. Sorry, sorry, Brian. What about Tuesday? What do you think they'll do on Tuesday if they're in that four or five game? I feel like right now, even though Cree wasn't the the you know great in that uh, on Friday against Oklahoma, I feel like he'd still be your number one starter. Maybe they take Chris Williams because he has more experience. Remember, Cree's coming back off the the shoulder surgery. Um, but as far as like who's your best pitcher right now? Well, considering that Joe has really struggled for weeks, Chris is coming off some shoulder slash pec muscle soreness. Uh, Cree is your, probably your best starter, so I'd probably say they'd throw Cree in game one of the tournament, and and we'll see if they can get to the three seed. I'm sure they'd rather take the game that they, they'll take the extra day off and play Wednesday against the sixth, and be the early game on Tuesday, be the four five. I should note that UConn is playing East Carolina in stores yeah. this weekend. That's so, a big series. Yeah, it is. It's a big yeah. series. Yeah, huge series. And here's the th- the other thing that's why Tuesday is so critical. If you if you end up in that four five matchup right now. So UCF is a game back of UConn for fourth. And then USF is it so UConn is twelve and nine. UCF's eleven and ten in the league. 
USF is 12-8-1, um, which puts them a game and a half, basically, or excuse me, half a game ahead of UConn for that three spot. But, if you, but here's why the Tuesday game is so critical. If you win that 4-5 game, you don't have to play till Thursday. Right. A, a, you get in, the day in off. In the afternoon. Yeah, you get a whole day off. So, um, whereas on the other hand, if you're, you know, if you're a three, you can wait till Wednesday. Um, and then if you win that game, you play again on Thursday. If you lose that game, you play on Thursday morning. So, um, so it might be beneficial for UCF's arms if they're in that four or five. Well, obviously it would be beneficial, but you, but you know, would you rather, okay, so this, so we'll end on this. Would you rather play in the four or five? And get a W there and have the day off and not play again until Thursday. Or get to the three, play the sixth seed, which right now would be Cincinnati, who UCF mm-hmm. is, whom, by the way, UCF is tied within the standings. And then, you know, if you get through that game, you would play on uh, Thursday night. Would you, Thursday. Would you want that day off? Yeah. I would. And so I know we're throwing a bunch of numbers out there and people are maybe probably a little confused about it. What's this four, five, three, six thing? Like I, you're welcome. UCF, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, welcome to the black and we'll, we'll gold Barrett podcast. We're throwing numbers at the wall. Well, it's, it's a um, double. Elim- well, I mean, just real quick, it's a double elimination tournament and it's, and the first games are seated, you know, one, eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. Right. And so UCF is the five right now. And that means they play Tuesday. If they go to the three or the six seed, they play Wednesday. I'd rather have them play Wednesday because I feel like this, you know, the way this team is going right now, they get into their bullpen pretty early, especially with how Chris Williams has not been at full strength and Joe has really struggled. They get into their bullpen early, which really taxes it. And so I think you'd, you'd want an extra day off before the tournament and then you get in the tournament on starting on Wednesday and then you sort of treat the next few days sort of like another weekend series where you can have Cree starting this Thursday and then have him starting next Wednesday instead of having to start Tuesday you get right. you basically your rotation set up like another weekend series the following week so I'd rather have the day off that you know I'd rather have the Tuesday day the Tuesday off and then play uh three consecutive days or or four or five considering how how long this tournament lasts this thing lasts till Sunday Right, so well, we may have an emergency podcast on Monday night, depending upon what happens. But um, yeah, the, I'm just breaking that to you guys right now. So I just wanted to make that point. All right, so you mean the Monday yeah. night after the? I mean the day, right, the day of the selection show? You no, no, no. Well, well, maybe that too. But but maybe but maybe previewing, you know, where UCF is in the American Athletic. Oh, okay, okay, tournament. So. Um, no, I was just looking. By the way, look. Yeah, real didn't quick. mean to didn't mean to spring that on you here, like live on the air. <laughs> quick, okay. yeah, that was it. Quick administrative meeting, guys, live on air. Yeah. Uh, D- D1 Baseball has UCF in. They have them as a three-seed in Gainesville to take on Jacksonville. What's fascinating about that is they had uh, Kendall Rogers and company. They have Stetson as a host, uh, yeah. which is an interesting hmm. development there. And then Baseball America, which has decided to put their projections on the paywall. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, we- so we've had to scramble uh, to break that code, if you will. Um, according to Baseball America, they've got UCF actually in Raleigh at NC State as the host with uh, UCF playing Kentucky on that one. Where would they put East uh, they Carolina also have on Stetson that one? As a host. They also have Stetson as a host as a 12 seed. Now, they have USF going to Stetson. So that's going to be the interesting thing, guys, mm, yeah. as we monitor this. 
if you're UCF, you want to try to build yourself in a way to get to Delane, right? That's the goal. I mean, now Stetson's Absolutely. really good, but if you can get to Delane from a fan interest standpoint at the closer drive, uh, I don't really buy the Raleigh thing. Although college baseball, I give credit, they actually have uh, creativity, unlike other sports. But um, they would put they would put UCF and Raleigh. Where would they put East Carolina? Well, East Carolina is hosting. Oh, they would have in East Greenville. Carolina. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They have, yeah, they have East Carolina hosting. They would, I mean, they would have ECU, ECU and NC State hosting. Wow. Okay. According to Baseball America, and I'm actually going to try and uh, we're going to try and get a baseball guy from maybe Baseball America or D1 next on our next episode, whether it be the emergency podcast or the regular normal podcast. We'll get some uh, try to get you ready for that. But I think it's important. I mean, if if you believe that Stetson's going to host, you could have Stetson, Florida, and Florida State host. Uh, I personally believe that UCF is in is in play for Florida and for Stetson, and I think UCF and USF both might be fighting to go to Deland. I could definitely yeah. see one of them ending up in Deland. Don't you agree with that, Murph? I think one of them will, and, and I've seen other projections that have UCF even going to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where where Arkansas would be the host. You know, if you're if you're UCF. I feel like you should probably put your odds on playing somewhere in Florida. And if that's going to be the case, and I think it probably will be in the end, if they make it, you really want to go to land more than you want to go to Gainesville or Tallahassee. And that's not just due to proximity. Like, I'm sorry, but Florida's probably the best team in the nation right now. And Florida state, I'd still say is better than Stetson, even though it's close. Stetson's really good. They've got a kid who's going to be a top 20 pick in the draft. Um, But in Logan Gilbert for Stetson. But you'd rather go to land because they are a little a little weaker than Florida State. And, yeah, it's 40 minutes up the road. Yeah. yeah well, here's the thing, too. It's Dick, Cow- Dick Cowser. I mean, UCF's had enough of Dick Cowser. I mean, you're just, it's just <laughs> it's never worked at Dick Cowser. No, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great ballpark. It's just UCF's had bad memories there. I mean, I mean, going yeah. back to as recent as last year, I mean, all the years. Yeah. It's just over and over again. Whereas Deland, you know, Merchant Park, I think UCF fans I'd like to think would turn out for that, even though they didn't turn out for Oklahoma. Because for whatever reason, we decided not to show up against Oklahoma Big 12 <laughs> program that has one of the best uh, base college baseball players slash quarterbacks in Kyler Murray. But that's not good enough, I guess, to draw fans. Um, but I'd like great. to think those, he's amazing. Can we can we can I can make this statement real quick about Kyler Murray? I think he's the best college baseball player I've seen play UCF since Anthony Rendon at Rice. I mean, that kid's unbelievable. And, I you know, I don't know what is. I, I, he's supposedly going to be the starting quarterback for Oklahoma this fall, but how is he not like a really super high draft pick in, in this upcoming draft? Is he eligible, Murph? He's eligible, right, for this upcoming yeah, draft? Yeah, he's a redshirt sophomore. So, yes, he is. And so, I mean, not to get way off the tracks here, but that is sort of our MO. Let's get way off the tracks here. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, center fielder slash quarterback for Oklahoma, is considered to be a top 50 prospect, according to MLB.com. And but is also in line to be Baker Mayfield, their parent at Oklahoma. He's been he played in the spring game and then he played in the baseball game that night. He's that kind of dude. He's, he's also very short, but he's stocky. He's got muscles and he's got tremendous bat whip. He's got great power. His contact rate has really gone way up. And he really, really, really troubled UCF all weekend long. Um, ate them alive for, I think, five for 13 with eight RBIs, a couple of home runs, both of, both of which were just stunners to, to UCF early on Saturday and Sunday. And then after the game on Sunday, Greg Lovelady basically said, I think I'm paraphrasing here, but he just said, it's crazy. The kid plays baseball four months out of the year. Yep. Probably, probably doesn't think about baseball until after the bowl game in January, and he's the best player on the field. It doesn't make any sense. No, 
Uh, that's exactly what he said, and I'm fascinated to see what he does. I was super impressed with seeing him live in person. Uh, he was the best feet player on that field, and I don't know, guys. What do you? What would you do if you're him? Do you kind of play football this fall and give baseball weight base give weight baseball another year? Because I guess he could be always redrafted next year. Uh, he's all, yeah, or, he's, only, he's only a sophomore. He can come back for two more years. Right. That that's. Or does he go ahead and cash in and try baseball? And if it doesn't work out, he could be like Jordan Aikens, just go back down the road and play football. Because I think his future is in baseball. I don't think it's in football. I think he's too small for the NFL. Yeah, five eleven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, he, I just don't see it. I mean, he the is kid's amazing. He looks like Johnny Manziel because he's got amazing yeah. speed. Like he just he's all over the field. He's jitterbugging and just and just breaking ankles, but. As a quarterback, as a thrower of the football, he's still very raw. And again, he's only about five yeah. ten. He's, he's very he's, he's, he's got better work. potential as a baseball player than as a football player. That's 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 right. I, I'm going to go where I'm maximized the most, and I'm going I'm going baseball if I'm him. Yeah, no, and that's significant because Oklahoma will open the season against FAU, and FAU obviously plays UCF. So that's significant when you talk about a UCF opponent. It talks about the all-access bowl in the New Year's Six, because I think FAU is a legitimate contender for that as well with UCF. So, I mean, it's, it is a rippling effect on, based on what he decides to do. Because uh, it's funny you mentioned that he kind of reminds you of Manziel because he went to A&M uh, yeah. under Kevin Sumlin to be the heir apparent to Johnny Manziel. And it never panned out there for whatever the reason. And then he transferred to Oklahoma. And the reason he went to Oklahoma is because Oklahoma allowed him to play baseball unlike other schools. So Right, um, and he really wanted to play baseball. I will say this. I told you he's a top 50 prospect, uh, according to MLB.com. The, the, the slot value for even the 50th pick in the draft is about $1.4 million. Mm. Uh, he could get that three weeks from now if he done. wants. Done. <laughs> there you go. Sign me up. <laughs> wow. There you have it. Why not? <laughs> All right. So, um, again, UCF baseball, um, <clears throat> just to put a bow on this real quick, against Tulane, um, 6.30 on Thursday and Friday, Saturday at 1, and then the American Athletic Championship starts Tuesday. Um, stay tuned to our Twitter feed at UCF underscore banneret. We might do a little emergency podcast to preview the AAC tournament if UCF is uh, starting that tournament early. Speaking of tournaments, before we take a break, uh, we're going to go over to softball. And, Eric Lopez, it is your chance to um, – well, you've probably already done some unleashing uh, as well on, um, on the uh, In the Circle podcast, which is the podcast that you uh, and our friend Victor Anderson do a fabulous job with um, <laughs> on Fast yeah. Pitch News. UCF softball finishes their season 34-22 and 22 in the American Athletic uh, Conference uh, tournament. They uh, lose in the first round to Memphis. Uh, three to nothing was the final. We talked about how much of a problem Memphis would be. They're the top hitting team in the conference. Uh, turned out to be that uh, exactly that. They, four American Athletic Conference teams made it into the uh, NCAA tournament. UCF was not one of them. Um, however, <clears throat> Tulsa, who won the championship, is in. USF who uh, couldn't wrap it up on their home field, is in. Wichita State uh, is in. Wichita's in the Fayetteville, Arkansas bracket, and going back there, Tulsa's in the Norman, Oklahoma bracket with the four-seed Oklahoma. USF's in Gainesville playing number two, uh, Florida. And then uh, who am I missing here, Eric? Um, 
Yeah. He's at Wichita State, obviously, in Fayetteville. Yeah. USF's in Gainesville, like always, because that's what they like to do in softball. Yeah, they're in Gainesville as a three seed. Houston is in Baton Rouge. They'll Houston, take on Louisiana Lafayette. And that's the LSU regional. LSU's the 11. Yeah. So, so UCF gets, unfortunately, gets left out. I mean, they had, you know, it, it comes back to some of those games like you always told us. It's, 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 it's an at bat here, a pitch here, a pitch there. And things go differently, and then all of a sudden UCF could be, you know, could have been a 37-38 win team with, you know, 15 wins in conference, conference regular season champion uh, in, a, in a pretty good year. But nonetheless, th- this is where they end up as they finish, um, as they, as they finish out of the party. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, what's the, look, here's what, the, what's the final evaluation there? Well, they're two swings away from winning the fourth strongest league. If you think about it, remember that Wichita State doubleheader? I know you right. texted me right after. I mean, that was two walk-off homers in the same day. That's that's what I think back to is the difference. If you win those two games, yeah, that and the uh, UConn or, series. You know, yeah, but you know, I mean, UConn. I mean, here's the thing: UConn's not bad. I mean, th- th- this league is good, and. One of the problems that we have right now in softball, in our sport, and, and you're right, I've covered this now all week on FastPitchNews.com, obviously with the selection show on Sunday night, is that the committee that is involved are incompetent and have no clue what the hell they're watching. The sport is not what it was 20 years ago when there was like 8 to 10 teams that are very good. This sport is deeper than it's ever been, and they are slow to realize that. Uh, or they're not smart enough to figure it out, or they don't care. All 13 uh, teams from the SEC got into the tournament. Which is including a team that bought themselves basically into the field. Missouri finished one game over 500 in part because they canceled. They bought out Wichita State literally last, about a week, two weeks ago, right before their games, literally bought them out for $5,000 so they can add Arkansas Pine Bluff so they can stay above 500, basically. And that's how they stayed above 500. And the committee chairman, when was asked about that, said that was a non-issue. A committee chairman who works at a university. No, that's what that's her exact quote. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing for the sport. It's embarrassing. What it tells you is that they don't care about the sport. That's the problem. Can, can yeah, I ask you a question about that, by the way? Yeah. yeah. If you're Wichita State, why say yes? Uh, I don't think it was a matter of saying yes. I think there was a clause in the contract that allowed Missouri to say, hey, we're opting out of this contract that we're going to pay you. Here's your $5,000. I don't think it was a question of yes. So, so it wasn't it whether or not Wichita agreed to it. It's just a clause in the contract that Correct. There that, was a, that, uh, that, mis- that Missouri could just exercise without without asking Wichita State is what you're saying. Right. Now, now okay. you could question Wichita State for even having that as part of the contract. Yeah, see, clause. that's 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 well, the, what I would do. But then again, they're probably holding think, over the barrel on that too. So, well, I think here's the thing: if I mean, in their situation, Missouri, you want to get Missouri to come to your place. If that's what they tell you, then you take it. You're not thinking. The last thing you're thinking is that they're actually going to buy you out out of it a week before, like literally five days before that game. Um, you know, t- type of situation. So, I mean, that's been discussed. I think the thing that's embarrassing is that Missouri's even in the field to begin with. First of all, they're a number two seed, which is hilarious. They're a number two seed, a game one over 500. Let me ask you both gentlemen this, because you both follow other sports. In what other sport, in what other sport would that kind of behavior be tolerated? It wouldn't. And I made this comment on the Fast Pitch News podcast that created some stir. And my quote exactly was, this crap doesn't fly in men's sports. It doesn't. And you can come to your conclusions on that. But that's why it is. 
you know, you know, we talk about how women should get a fair shake and get the sports. When you pull crap like that and you and endorse that kind of behavior, then you're not going to get the respect. You're not going to get any credibility from casual people. My phone was blowing up all Sunday night, Monday morning, talking to me from from people that don't even follow the sport, asking me, why the hell is this team even in the field to begin with? And I don't have a good answer for them. It's because, A, they have a high RPI and they treat that like the Bible, which it shouldn't. And number two, there is a biasness. I think there is a belief that there is a biasness towards the Southeastern Conference. It does not help when the four-letter network treats that conference like the end-all be-all when it comes to softball. If you guys think that there's a biasness towards the football side, it's nothing compared to what it is in softball. The difference is it doesn't get covered as much, so they just kind of look the other way. I'm just but curious as to why the SEC bias and not the Pac-12 bias, because the Pac-12 well, I think is... some people would I mean, no, well, listen, I mean, I think there's truth to that. Oregon State made the field two games over 500, <clears throat> and they're a two seed as well. How embarrassing is that? Like, you don't get that in other sports. Like, you won't get a college baseball team to be one game or two games over 500 and be a two seed. They would probably be, at best, at best, maybe a three seed or a four seed, not make the field without even blinking, uh, which is hilarious. They have the two worst records outside of Prairie View A&M in the field of 64. It's embarrassing for the sport, and it pisses me off because I try to convince people to follow the sport. I convinced my good friend Trace Troutko, for example, from Nightline, come follow UCF softball. I try to tell Brandon. I try to tell Brian. I mean, I'm just using guys as an example. I mean, obviously, it's a more generic example of other people. But when crap like this happens, I can't look these guys in the face. I can't look at them in the face and say, cover softball, because it's embarrassing. It reminds me, and Murph can help me out with this. We're both, me and Murph are wrestling fans, and we get some crap about why you're a wrestling fan. And when they do and when they do a stupid angle that is clearly stupid and somebody looks at you is like, "Why do you follow that?" And I can't answer that question. That's how I feel about softball right now. Jason Jason Jordan? Jason Jordan? Is that is I think that's what I think that's what I think yes, that's what when, it. Yes, when the WWE comes up with a storyline that he is Kurt Angle's father. Yeah, that that's a very difficult <laughs> to justify being a fan of. Yes, that's one I of sh- the many many examples. But I should I should mention I sh- I should mention by the way that um, that in the I know how much you love this Eric Lopez, but you know both those two schools that you mentioned, Mizzou and uh, Oregon State, neither of them were ranked in either the ESPN.com USA Softball nor the Correct. USA Today NFCA coaches polls. Yet they both had sure. RPIs in the top thirty. In fact, yep. um, in fact, it was uh, uh, was Mizzou. Mizzou finished twenty fourth. And Correct. Oregon and State Oregon finished twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Yeah. And they get it. Meanwhile, Florida Gulf Coast, who has a thirty eight RPI, is finished as second in the league that is the sixth strongest conference in the sport, better than the Big Ten, gets passed over for a team like Wisconsin, who is finished seventh in the Big Ten in the seventh best conference with a fifty RPI. I mean well, yeah, well, I mean, you know what the argument's gonna be though. It's going to be what? well. You're, you're that's an A Sun team, um, right? It, that, that's that, that, you know. Look at the competition, right? Kennesaw State, by the way, won the A Sun. Um, Correct. At, at thir- they're the thirty fourth RPI, thirty nine and fifteen this year. But um, but that's going to be that's going to be their argument every single time. I don't know what Even, I don't know but, what but the, non- the numbers. Look yeah. at the numbers. The A Sun was rated better than the Big Ten. It's I mean that's that's fine. But look at but that's according to, that's that according way. to who though. The RPI. Okay, 
so so here's conference RPI. Here's the thing: we the can't. Sun is the sixth best conference, and the Big Ten was seven. Okay, but we can't. But here here's, and we'll get into this with, um, and I think we talk about this with baseball too, is that you can't complain about the teams with the R, the team RPI that they rely on the team RPI too much. And then point at the conference RPI and say, "Look, no, but, the but conference what I'm is saying, you know what I mean." What I'm saying is, no, that's fine. But Florida Gulf Coast had a higher RPI than them, had a better win percentage than them, finished higher in a conference. Like at some point, you get be consistent. Don't be a moving target. Like to baseball, for example, the fact that we're talking about Stetson hosting, Coastal Carolina's hosted, that never happens in softball. There's a clear bias that's there, and I'm not saying Florida Gulf Coast is the end all be all, but I'm just saying it's it's hilarious. Like UCF, okay, the reason they didn't get in was because they're RPI 63. Okay, that's the argument. Okay, I get you that. And, uh, you know, there's certainly a couple losses that hurt that RPI, for sure. You realize UCF has beaten three teams in the top 25 right now in the polls? They beat Florida, they beat Long Beach State, and they've beaten Hofstra. My argument is, instead of taking them out, they have more wins in the top 50 and the top 25 than, for example, Texas, who's in the field. They have more wins than Wisconsin. Instead of using the RPI as a reason to keep them out, why don't you use the RPI as a reason to drop them all the way to a four seed? Who says you can't be a four seed? That's the thing. that There's no creativity. It's almost like the end-all, be-all. It, it is what it is. It just just boggles the mind to me how they look at this stuff and are so hypocritical. Pittsburgh finished second, okay? Pittsburgh finished second in the ACC. 48 RPI, better than Wisconsin. The ACC was the fifth strongest conference. Got left out over Wisconsin and over Missouri and in Oregon State. Two teams that combined for three games over 500. We reward losing and mediocrity in softball. So that's well, why I shouldn't deserve. I think, it doesn't deserve to get any. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's that so much as they reward p- potential television ratings. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think. I mean, there, that certainly is out there. That perception's out there. That television has a lot of control. You're not the first to bring that up. And unfortunately, I can't really argue with you right now. That's why I'm embarrassed for the sport. I'm disgusted with it. Um, and it's nothing to do with UCF not being in it. Look, I mean, they, they, like I said, they had some bad losses and they know that they, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, that it, it, it is what it is. I just think that for this sport to grow and be respected and have credibility, you can't have this crap. This crap will not happen in college baseball. It doesn't happen in college basketball, but it happens in the sport. So don't cry six, seven months from now when you complain that cornhole is on your channel instead of softball or you're not getting coverage on SportsCenter or that people aren't covering to your games. Why would they? Because your sport's a joke when it does things like this or like you did last year when you had a team that was number three in the country going into the final week of the regular season and you don't even have them host after having them as the number eight seed two weeks prior when you announced your, your, you know, they did the two-week thing where they announced who would be your top 16 seeds if the season ended today? Minnesota was number eight in the committee's list. They won out. They won the Big Ten tournament, and they somehow magically didn't host. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, that's Don't still you. that's still a crime from last year that, that no one has it's paid for yet. And, and we need people in the committee that are qualified and know what the hell they're doing. I don't you- think they have that. They don't have like, like who would you well, I, who would you put there? Like, would you put more coaches? Well, would you, you would put have, more former players? What would yes. you do? I think you would have more coaches. Yes, there's only two coaches currently in the committee, and I believe they're both in the Ivy League, which is kind of hilarious. Like, are they just in there because they coach at a very smart conference? Yeah, they're is smart. That That's result? why. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, they're not smart <laughs> enough. Um, I think you have that. I think you would do what baseball does, which you have scouts 
from each region that can scout the region and tell you your opinion. Like I've told this story last year, St. John's got into the baseball uh, selection because uh, there was a scout in the Northeast that they, you know, gave them their high approval that St. John's was the best team in the Northeast that they saw. They were better than even Connecticut. In fact, some believe that St. John's got in over Connecticut because of that, even though Connecticut's RPI was 34. Um, I think you just need more people that watch games, watch games and share opinion. And I think there's enough people that we have in the sport that watch the games and eye test and say, you know what, this team's really good and take their opinion. Here's an idea. If I'm a committee member, I would call coaches up and say, hey, what do you think about this team? What do you think about that team that you played? What jumps out at you? You know, instead of crunching into a table and say, okay, which team can bus 400 miles? So and we call it a day and let's have lunch at Carabas. That's, you know, I mean, give me a break. These players and these players and coaches work their ass off from fall to spring. Okay. We're going to have a coaching carousel this upcoming season, like anything else. Jobs. Players are, are expected to perform. Coaches are expected to perform. I don't think we're asking a lot of a committee to do a little extra homework and follow the sport closely. I don't think I'm asking for a lot. Send your hate mail to Eric Lopez Elo on Twitter for the latest on the UCF uh, softball well, on, on the NCAA softball do, tournament. Already, already do that on fastpitchnews.com. Let me just say <laughs> this about UCF: thirty-four yeah. wins, real quick. Thirty-four wins. Great year, considering you had two seniors, you had some injuries to deal with. Uh, I actually think, and this is the funny thing about the coaching awards, Ken Erickson and great staff, they won the award because they won the league, and that's cool. By the way, how stupid is our committee? USF won the regular season title in the fourth best league in the sport, and they were one of the last four teams in. Like, how asinine is it? Like, can you imagine if we did that in basketball? Where the What's the fourth strongest league in college basketball right now? It would be what, the – uh, the Pac-12 or whatever. Let's say like Arizona. Well, this year, this year, I believe the ace, the ACC was third, right? So probably, probably the SEC. Okay, fair. So by yes. that, by the softball's theory, the Auburn Tigers would be the one of the last teams in, based on on them. That's how ridiculous it is. Like if you win your fourth strongest league, you should not be one of your last four teams in. I'm sorry, do your homework on that. I don't care what your RPI is. And they could say, well, their RPI was in the low 40s. Get the hell out of here. They beat the Big Ten regular season champions in Michigan. Uh, thankfully, our league did get four teams in. And I do give credit to the American Conference and the offices for pushing that narrative and pushing the results on the field that they have beaten quality teams. And I think that's a big part of why the American Conference got four teams in. And I think it's a big part why the A-Sun didn't get the teams in so they don't market that. But that's all their story. Back to UCF. Young teams got the number 30 recruiting class in the country coming in this fall that's going to add to this team. I think this – I told you, Jeff, when we previewed the season, I felt that if certain things broke right, they could make the tournament. But if not, they probably would miss, but that it's a year away. The team's a year away, and I feel the same way. Unfortunately, a couple things didn't break right, and they didn't make the field, but I think it's about next season. I think this staff did a heck of a job considering some of the uh, limitations they have. If I was in the administrative side, and I know people say I'm biased, but I think they actually did one of their best jobs they've done in a while, and I think they deserve an extension, and I think they're going to be really good for years to come here. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that they've they've had the right talent that's been really young to this point, like you said, but now that you're starting to see them come through, you know, here's the thing that's key. You lose only two seniors this year who, um, you know, granted, you know, had their contributions, but... <clears throat> 
but I, I would say that neither of them were megastars per se. Um, right. And so your your best players are still ones that are coming back next year. So if they can find, if Renee can find again that second pitcher that she can throw out there that that can take the load off of Aaliyah White, uh, or even if if you find a pitcher that's good enough that can supersede Aaliyah White, um, things could get really interesting. But nonetheless, we're going to have to wait till next year to uh, find that out. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back. We'll do a little football. Eric is going to continue to be. Uh, Eric is going to get mad at me again, and then um, and then we got to and then I want to spend some time congratulating um, UCF rowing because the guys, I'm telling you right now, they're the most dominant team on campus, no question about it. So, uh, plus plenty more to talk about, including uh, men's golf as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, if you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at WeSellOrlando.net. Again, that's WeSellOrlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at facebook.com slash We Sell Orlando. Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, Brian Murphy with you here. Uh, we got some um, kudos to pass out, but before we do, just a reminder, blackandgoldbanneret.com is where you can find all of our latest content. Subscribe to our podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. Don't forget us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Banneret. And Twitter at UCF underscore Banneret as well. All right. Some uh, kudos to pass along. Men's golf got the job done this week. So they were in the uh, regionals, uh, which were played at Reunion Resort down in Kissimmee. So so UCF hosted. And UCF came out uh, and took care of business. They finished in second place to Florida. uh, And they are one of the five teams that, um, that qualify for the NCAA Division One Championship, uh, which will be held uh, May 25th 
through Sunday, May 27th. Um, there's three days of stroke play, and then the top 15 teams and nine individuals not on an advancing team will be determined. And that final day of 18-hole stroke play will be Monday, May 28th. Um, 72 uh, and uh, <clears throat> uh, and the uh, top eight teams advance the match play as well as the 72-hole individual champion. Um, uh, interesting format because the national champion will be determined by a match play format that will consist of quarters and semis on Tuesday, May 29th, followed by the finals on Wednesday, May 30th. They will be hosted by Oklahoma State. Um, but how about Bryce Waller and his guys getting the job done uh, once again? So they are advancing uh, to the NCAA uh, championships. Um, <clears throat> the 54-hole uh, score for UCF, by the way, was 30 under par. Lo- second lowest 54-hole total in school history. It's the ninth time UCF has made it to the NCAA championship. Um and uh, by the way, UCF out uh, outclassed eight, uh, seven of the eight ranked teams in the tournament in the regional, including uh, number five and top seeded Vandy, North Carolina, uh, USF, Kent State, Arizona, Purdue, and Colorado State. Uh, some of the other schools that will be heading to uh, Oklahoma State uh, along with UCF include, um, uh, let's see, Texas, Duke, North Carolina State. Augusta University, which, by the way, that's just not fair. You play in Augusta. Um, UNLV, Northwestern, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. UNF is advancing. Um, uh, Alabama will be there. Oregon will be there. Clemson, Baylor, UCLA, Kentucky, Texas A&M, a number of schools. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, Congrats once again to Bryce Waller for that uh, outstanding achievement. Um, also wanted to uh, pass along, uh, again, congratulations to UCF Women's Tennis on an excellent season that came to an end in the second round in Coral Gables in the NCAA tournament. They actually defeated FIU 4-3 to three in their first turn. Which first I think game. was their first ever, was that their first, first ever? ever that yes, first, first ever, ever tournament NCAA win? tournament win for UCF oh. Women's Tennis in, in program history. Uh, they came up short 4-3 to three against the, uh, uh, the hosts from Miami. Um, but nonetheless, Brian Canico's team finishes 20-5, and 14-1 um, at home this year. Still just remarkable. Great job by that team. Future is very bright for them. Uh, and a job well done this season for UCF women's tennis. Um, now, here's the big one that I wanted to talk about, which was UCF rowing. They went to uh, Cherry Hill for the American Athletic Conference Championships last Saturday. And they took care of business once again. Their fourth consecutive American Athletic Conference uh, tournament, uh, or American Athletic Conference um, championship, I should say. Um, seven UCF rowers made the all-conference team uh, from the from that squad. Um, second varsity four uh, finished in second place. Third varsity four finished in second place. Um, the uh, Varsity 8 UCF finished in second, and uh, Varsity 4 finished in second. So even though UCF um, <clears throat> had uh, had all those second-place finishes, it came into the second Varsity 8, and they did the job uh, by three seconds ahead of Sacramento State, which, by the way, Sacramento State is in the, is in the American for rowing. So that consistent performance, one win, four second-place finishes, gives UCF... Um, 
the uh, gives UCF the victory, uh, and then the uh, vars and then the the top varsity eight boat uh, cruised to a fourth consecutive varsity eight title. Um, Two hundred nine points for UCF, uh, which uh, which got pushed them over the top uh, to get to uh, to get to the NCAA. So the NCAA championships will be held here in Florida in Sarasota uh, at Nathan Pedersen Park, May twenty fifth through the 27 uh ucf gets the automatic bid there let's give it up for becky kramer and her squad uh they work so hard down on lake picket every single morning they're up so early and let's also give it up for their student athletes because they really are student athletes down there um you know you talk about scholarships and stuff rowing does not get a lot of scholarships and i talked about and we talked about the number of people who are involved in ucf rowing uh in all those four boats and eight boats um just it's it's the uh, aside from football rowing is the largest UCF sport in terms of the number of people on the team the overwhelming percentage of them are basically like we would call walk-ons right and um they got the job done once again so give it up for UCF rowing uh and Becky dynasty, Kramer. Right? total dynasty, dynasty. Yeah. hey got, it, it's, yeah. and it, it qualifies like, four in a row like imagine being a senior on that team you've never lost yeah, no, it's it's funny. Obviously, I had a chance to broadcast the softball championships all week, the quarters and the semis for the digital network. And as you, know, you knew, Jeff, obviously, it was a busy week. And softball was going on. The track and field was going on. Yeah, track and field, And yeah. the rolling was going on. And the people in the conference, you know, it was people telling me, like, row, rolling. Well, you know, UCF's going to win that again. Like, by how much? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. almost like a foregone conclusion. It's kind of like the Golden State Warriors in a way. Like, right. well, they're going to win it anyway. I mean, it's pretty funny. It's kind of cool to kind of feel that way. So, I mean, people just expect it. And to, to just go ahead and back it up is pretty remarkable uh, what they've done there. Um, Becky Kramer, right? It's got to be, you know, that's going to be interesting. As we, you know, at some point in this summer when we do the banner, the, the ba- you know, the, the, the bannies, awards. Yeah. I mean, you look at, uh, obviously, you have Scott Frost, football. I know some people will like that, but he's, you know, he's up there, obviously, on the football side. But. You know, connect. You know, with Brian Koneko and Becky Kramer, probably are right at the top as far as the top jobs in the spring sports are concerned. So, amazing job, and Bryce Waller um, maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves, right? I mean, the golf team we just take that for granted. So it's great yeah. to see. Um, congrats to them on that, and uh, really finishing it off on a good note. Really happy for Becky too. She's such. She's so awesome. Um, we've had Easy her on go. the show before. She's fantastic. So hopefully we'll have her on one more time before the NCAA. So. Um, one other thing I wanted to um, <clears throat> mention, um, UCF track and field, like you mentioned, they went to the American Athletic Conference. They finished 10th in yeah, – women's track and field finished 10th in the conference. But uh, Rosie Chamberlain was on the podium for the 800 meters. She finished in second. Natasha Jordan finished third in the high jump. UCF did get third in the 4 by 100 meter relay. Uh, and uh, those, were the be- those were the best highlights for UCF from the American uh, track championships. I mean, really difficult year for UCF track and field, considering that there was a shakeup at, up at the top. Uh, Roger Kingdom took over as the interim director of track and field and cross country, um, basically in the middle of the season with, with days to go before the season started. Uh, and uh, so we don't know what's going to happen with track and field, at least as of right now, but this should be a, a key summer for them going forward. Um, and, uh, and yeah, here's to hopefully... Uh, another uh, return to prominence for UCF women's track and field uh, sooner rather than later. Okay, 
Let's talk about the thing that's going to get Eric Lopez riled up once again, as though as though softball wasn't enough. <laughs> no, um, no, I think I got it out of my system <laughs> with softball. I was still like right there. Which, I mean, by the way, for those that I mean, I did an hour worth of uh, venting on the softball committee in the Fast Pitch News podcast. Are you are you going to be? <laughs> are you okay with that? Like, uh, is everyone? <laughs> did anyone prominent be like, dude, lay off? You know. <laughs> you know, can I tell you a quick story about that? Yeah. So go ahead. a year ago. When I did the podcast and I went off on the committee for leaving Minnesota, not even hosting, my boss now at Fast Pitch News, that's how he found the podcast because he's a Minnesota gopher alum. He enjoyed it. And that's when he approached me about he approached me about joining Fast Pitch News and merging with the podcast to go to fastpitchnews.com. So actually, it was because of the Minnesota miscue that now I'm at fastpitchnews.com where I write. And I get compensated for that podcast. And then in a couple of weeks, I get to go to Oklahoma City to cover the big event, the Women's College World Series. The, so I, I, so you, when you say that, no, actually, my, my bosses encourage that. Because <laughs> uh, they, they like you the to fact throw, to, to throw the committee under the bus. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's, but that's how the fans feel. Like, the, I mean, it was amazing how angry people were on social media. Like, they were angry. And, 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 and I'll use the WWE analogy. It reminds me of, the fans revolting against the Roman Reigns push, right, Murph? <laughs> but yet the company it keeps shoving it up our throats, and that's kind of where we're at in softball. You got the networks kind of pushing their narrative of, "Oh, this is great, this is awesome," and you got fans on social media ripping what they're doing. <laughs> so that's the narrative. There's my second WWE analogy there for the El- Elo's. Elo's got me <laughs> on a string. He knows. He knows exactly what to say to bring me back into this oh, podcast. Yeah. Like softball, <laughs> softball, softball, softball. Wait, 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 wait. WWE analogy. Huh? Huh? Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of networks pushing pushing their uh, agendas here. Um, oh, all right, wow. listen. I'm not going to talk about what Nick Saban said about UCF's national championship. Everybody else is I'm not going to talk about that because to me that falls squarely <laughs> under the category of what the hell do you expect him to say? Right? Yes. Like, thank you. Thank what do you expect yes. him to say? He's Nick Saban. He's the head coach of Alabama. Now, here's, here's where, again, UCF gets proven right on something, however. <clears throat> Came out uh, earlier today. We're recording this on Wednesday, May 16th. Texas and Alabama have agreed to a home and home series in 2022 and 2023. Um, the problem with this from a UCF perspective is it was uh, is that Texas backed out of the 2023 UCF game in order to get Alabama. All right. So the issue that I have here is not Texas back. Well, I mean, at least it's partially backing out from the UCF game. I mean, I get I, I get, you know, why Texas would want to do that. But here's the problem that I have is that. The, what's the one argument that we hear all the time from power from so-called Power Five schools about UCF? What do they always say? Brian, schedule somebody. That's schedule right. somebody. That's right. Schedule somebody. Okay. Well, we did, and they just bailed out of it to play Alabama. So this is the problem. You're not that the not whole just story, though, Jeff. You're, you're not. You're, you're telling half truths here. I. I. Well, hold Make, on. Hold that thought. Okay. Okay. Now. If that's the case, then you then they would find a way to get that Texas game back. Now, we'll get more into that in just a second. But this further proves UCF's point oh. that 
not just UCF, but the entire group of five, so-called group of five, that says that, well, we are trying to schedule people, and look what happens when we do, right? Now, you say I'm only telling half the story. You go ahead and try and fill in the rest of it. The origin, the reason that Texas-UCF game was in 2023 is because UCF pushed that game to 2023 because they were originally supposed to play Texas this past season on September 9th. But in 2016, they agreed they moved it back because they didn't want to play Texas, Georgia Tech, and Maryland back-to-back-to-back in the schedule. That's in the Texas press release. That's not – they've said it. The UCF bought themselves out of the game, and that's the reason. I understand it. Why? Look, you're trying to win games. You're trying to build confidence at the time on the young team. How do you know that you're going to be undefeated? So I don't blame anybody for it, but the facts are fact. They pushed that game to 2023. So it's not like Texas all of a sudden just decided to drop them. UCF pushed it back, and you run the risk of getting dropped. And that's Actually, what it is, because Texas could have pushed UCF's game, the UCF game back or moved it up. They have two slots available in 2021. What if they didn't feel like it? That's on them. That's Remember, on there's them. a new they coaching have, staff there. They have, two, they, have, they have a game in, 20, they have a game in 2021. Yeah. That they, there are two slots in 2021 yeah. they could pick up. 2022, they're playing USF. They're also playing them in 2020. So I don't blame them for not playing two AAC right. teams in the same season. But if you're going to add Alabama in 2023, you could have had – now yeah. they've got USF again in 24. You could have moved UCF back two yeah. years to 25 or three years to 26 or four years to 27. Instead, they just dumped out of the UCF you know contract altogether. How do you know they won't? Maybe they, they won't down the road? Because they haven't. How do you know, how do you know Texas didn't want to do that? Because they know in 10 years that's going to be a conference game anyway. Oh, oh, where's the remix horn? Murph, where where do you where do you stand on this from the from the perspective of not UCF but teams in the American in general and teams in the like I said so called group of five? Like if you're if you're in charge there, all right, what do you have to do to get the kind of scheduling that everyone is complaining that you don't get. I mean, you do what UCF tried to do here and you, you schedule as best you can. I mean, and again, you see it's on UCF that they pushed it back. And I think Eric's right. Like you don't know whether or not Texas is going to reschedule this game even a decade from now. They totally could. I think you just sort of, you gotta, you gotta have the, the on-field results and the AAC. That means not just being good, but being, being noticeably good because if you're not in the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, and sometimes in the Pac 12, people aren't going to notice you if you're just good. Like they didn't notice that Memphis was good this year, that USF was good. Like you have to be great uh, on, a, on a normal scale, and then and then you just sell it. And you know, and from there, it's basically okay. Hopefully, you get some teams and say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna take that challenge and. It's, it takes two to tango, sort of thing. It yeah. just you got to you got to you got to have someone say yes, and sometimes they don't, and they have good reasons for it. And unfor- this is unfortunate. This happened to UCF, but again, they they did push it back uh, initially, and and by the way, it worked out. Like it kind of yeah. kind of worked. It kind of worked. It worked so on the no, field. Yeah. No no complaining there. Uh, right. And it could and it could and and it could happen. It could ha- it could come back. So I don't really have a big problem with this and. You know, if, if it comes down to like, well, do we want to have UCF or do we want to clear that week out so we can play Alabama? Like, yeah, I'll probably play Alabama. 
Um, so I, I have no problem with this. The other AAC teams um, just got to win. You got to win and then sell it. Here's the problem we have in the sport. Here's the problem in the sport. Everybody wants to play seven home games right now. That's the problem we're at. Everybody wants to play seven home games. Nobody's willing to give in and say, hey, I'll give up a home game just to play this team on the road. Or, hey, let's play a neutral game or this. Or Everybody wants to play it under their terms. So it's a lot harder yeah. to schedule. And I do think, to your point, Jeff, you're seeing more and more of a divide between the Power Five and the non-Power Five when it comes to scheduling. Because I think the Power Five would tell you, we don't need you guys. We don't need you. So go ahead and come to our turf or else we'll just go play somebody else. And I think we're running into that dilemma right now, not just in football, but I think in other sports. And yeah. Unfortunately, See, yeah. that's the battle that we're in. This is where it's a catch-22 because if you're Danny White, right. right? You're trying to keep your you're trying to keep your fans happy. You want to get the you want to try your best to get the seven home games. If you end up getting six, that's fine. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you don't get the right. In order to do, in order to improve the schedule, these teams are kind of holding you over the barrel and saying, "Well, you're going to play two out of three at our place, right?" You know, and right. and, and, I mean, and, and, and when you come right. in and say, "Hey, wait a minute, no, we're, we'll play home and home with you. We don't want to, we don't want to give up a, a, you know, we don't want to do the whole, you know, road only or two road games or two road games and one home game. That's ridiculous. Why would we agree to that?" And they're like, "Sorry." And, well, and, the and, issue and this is, is why, and, and that's why it's that's why if you if you're Danny White, you have to be, you know, pounding your head against your desk, saying like, "This is ridiculous. Why?" You know, well, I mean, we understand why, but like, what's the solution to that? Is there one? I don't think there is. No, there isn't. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. So you have a choice. You can either go ahead and and go with it, or you just deal with it. I mean, that's yeah. your choice. You can have the seven home games. That's fine, but understand that. The, the ideal schedule, and then the fans complain about like, well, this, well, the home schedule's crap. Like, why are we playing Bethune Cookman? Right, well, correct. Like, then you got an FCS opponent, and right, 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 right. I mean, the issue is ideally what the schedule you would like to have is what Houston had a couple of years ago, when they happened to have Oklahoma at Reliance, right. neutral game. You also had Louisville that year at home, and they beat Oklahoma, and that got the buzz going a lot. For mm-hmm. Houston, and I think if Houston would have gone undefeated that year, that would have been fascinating to see how that would have played out. Unfortunately, they didn't. They didn't even win the league that year. You know, I think some of it's luck. I think the scheduling thing is. I mean, I got to tell you, college football fans are idiots. They're the dumbest fans <laughs> by far in all of sports. But Eric, I, Eric, I, I, is I, just, Eric is just is just laying waste to everybody in this podcast. No, no, yeah, but but I co-sign on that complete. I really do. Because here's the thing. Co-sign. Here's the thing. This is what's so stupid about this whole thing. Every fan thinks that their team got screwed. Every fan thinks that the other team plays nobody and that they're overrated and that nobody plays that beat anybody good except my team, right? So, like, the stupid Alabama fans, like, who did you UCF beat? They didn't beat anybody. And then UCF responds, well, who the hell did you beat? You guys, the SEC's overrated. You guys suck. Like, nobody beats anybody. Apparently, everybody sucks in the sport. Nobody plays anybody. And everybody ducks everybody. That's the way I kind of look at it in college football. That's how every fan looks at it. The reality is scheduling is tricky, right? Like, for example, you look at UCF this year. They have North Carolina and Pittsburgh. If you would have asked people three, four years ago, how good is – hey, wow, that's a damn impressive schedule. I mean, North Carolina, Pittsburgh. Right. Well, they both are coming off crappy years, right? So now all of a sudden these stupid idiots are going to come into the that are against UCF. are going to say, well, geez, you guys didn't play anybody. Look, Carolina sucks and Pitt sucks. I mean, this contract was in place for five, ten years ago. 
Right. Um, but yet at the same time, I see UCF fans arguing with Alabama. Well, you guys beat a crappy Florida State team. Like, who the hell do you want Alabama to play? They played Florida State. Florida State was healthy. Like, that was built as the game of the year as far as the regular season. You can't control what happens after that. Like, it's stupid. Here's an idea. Just acknowledge the fact that Alabama beat some really good teams, and they're really good, and that UCF actually beat some good teams, and they're actually pretty good. And you know what? Both teams played crappy teams, too, that they beat. No, but we, we just we're, come not, to that we're not allowed to acknowledge that both teams are good. One team has to be better than the other one. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go, college football fan. Oh, but do you know I, what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, that's where we're at with the sport. That's why I'm, I'm sick of this banter back and forth. Like, these fans are idiots. Like, Alabama thinks they're the only team that, that plays anybody. And in their defense, they do play people. I mean, th- this idea that they don't play people, that's not true. They play Florida State. They play Michigan. They play Wisconsin. They play teams. It's not like they duck people. Um, but UCF doesn't duck people either. But it, it, unfortunately, and I've said this, college football is an elitist sport. And they believe in brand names more than anything. And so that's the battle that you've got to fight with. But, you know, can we – but you're not helping by fighting, well, who did you be? You be nobody. Like I remember UCF fans were bashing Wisconsin last year for going with their schedule, which was hilarious. Like aren't you – I mean, like why are you ripping Wisconsin? Like you all should be in the yeah. same fight. Like you all beat good teams. You all beat some not good teams. I mean I'm the biggest American conference guy, but let's be honest. The Eastern Division outside of USF was garbage last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I mean, what's not, I mean, Austin P not a powerhouse. So we all play. Well, that, well, you, know, you, you can't, you can't drop that example on UCF. That, that was, that was a desperation move because of the storm. I understand, but I'm just saying like everybody has their good teams and everybody has their bad teams. And I think you made this, you brought this point on until you add criteria to your playoff system. It's of course, it's always going to be biased and opinionated. It's the sport has always been based on opinion. It's nothing new. UCF's not the first team to have been a victim of that, and it won't be the last team to be a victim of that. This sport has always been based on opinions because there's no criteria. What would That's be the criteria? If you if you well, were would if make, you were the college football czar, what would be the criteria? Top eight, 18 playoff, top six conferences, and you can even do an RPI formula or a BCS formula, whatever you want to do. Top six conference champions automatically in. So that way, for example, if we did this past year, UCF would be in from the American Conference because they were the best league uh, that was not a quote-unquote power five. I think that was proven. But you would also have teams like Ohio State in who should not apologize for losing a game or two. My, the, the problem I have with college football is we're somehow ripping teams for all. Oh, well, you won the crap. You won the Big Ten. You won the pack. Like winning a conference is hard to do. That should matter. You shouldn't apologize for that. And I don't think you just because you go undefeated, you should be in a playoff either, because I think otherwise you're, you're encouraging people not to play anybody. So I think conference champions, which means every game still matters, by the way. And if you don't win your conference, top two at large is make. And that puts pressure on you to play top top teams. So I could go eight teams. I know you have been a proponent of going even more than that. Uh, in I have what, what, I mean, what, What's your net? I mean, I, I do think that like eight. If I had to do it, it would be um, like you said, top six, the top six conferences, and and you would determine that I think who the top six conferences are based on their right. overall record against other FBS teams. Um, so that you know, I mean, one year you could you could have like you could have one year where say the top six conferences, um, one of them could be the American, and another one could be the Sun Belt. Who knows? Um, sure. Yeah. The. Uh, 
I think that there should be some criteria, though. And Murph, I'd be interested to know what you think about this too. Is when it comes to scheduling, you know, should you penalize a team for playing an FCS opponent? Oh boy! Now, now bear in mind, if you're UCF, I, I mean, mean that, that, then that, then yeah, you would get you you would get it for playing Austin P last year. You know, <clears throat> or would you, or would you say, would you, would you take the penalty away if the FCS team you played made the playoffs? Like, how would you, like, what do you think about that? No, I mean, it's the sort of thing. Like, I don't know if you can penalize it because doesn't everybody do it? Like, Alabama has it right before the rivalry game, as most the, big yeah, teams do. By like, the way, Fort, like, that every, drives me crazy that the SEC does that. What well, are you doing SEC playing does Mercer that, I mean, before you play Auburn? I know the well, SEC. I know not, the SEC yeah. does it, but anyway. But I mean, because everybody sort of gets that one game on your schedule, like, well, at least we got a win here to sort of get the fans and like give some like the fans something to cheer about. Like, I'm I'm okay with that. Like, it it sort of suits both teams. It sort of suits like both teams like desires. Like, if you're the FCS team, you get to play a quote unquote big boy from the FBS, and, and you know if you're you know lucky like a like an old Appalachian state, and there's been many examples of this throughout recent years. I think Oregon State lost to an FCS team to open up this past season. You know, you get a chance to say, hey, we beat an FC, F, FBS team for major conference. And if you're an FBS team, it's it's a it's a nice uh, date on the schedule. You can say, you know what? You want to come see us win? Probably, quote unquote, in quotes, probably. Uh, come on out to this. We, and we should have, like we should, James Madison beating East Carolina last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, and, that, and that happens. And, and for James Madison, I know it's only East Carolina because they're, they're brutal, but it's still like you, you beat a team that's like literally not in your league. You beat a team out of your league. Um, and that's still, that's still a feather in the cap. And then for the FBS team who should win, it's usually a really nice home game to come out and see some points scored. I, I think it's a fine relationship. And because everybody does it, like, and it's so accepted. No, I wouldn't say like you need a penalty for it. Like, it's fine. Lopez, what would you do about yeah. FCS scheduling? I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I mean, if, if if that would help discourage teams from doing it and force them to play teams, I'm all for penalizing it. If that encourages teams to play other teams. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. If, you know I, I, think, I think be... the other thing would be like, I, I w- I'm usually okay with it if you're playing an FCS team that's either within your state or from a neighboring sure. or nearby state, right? Like, I mean, if UCF plays Bethune-Cookman, you're throwing your fellow state school a bone there. Right. You know, yeah, I, I could see that. Or, or like even, that. like you know, or, or a team from Georgia. I don't know, you know, I forget who. Right. You know, Valdosta, but, but, for example. But anyway. Sure, sure, sure. But here's the thing. The bottom line is until you add criteria, here's the thing. Four teams ain't never going to work, okay, because – I can go back to 2014. TCU and Baylor had arguments to be in the playoff. You're always going to have arguments. It doesn't make sense. There's too many conferences. There's too much uh, competition. It should go up to at least eight. um, And I think it would be the fairest thing to do. And that's how you get rid of the biasness. As long as we have the system that we have, you're always going to have biasness. And I think what Scott Frost said a week ago that people don't understand is, I think Scott realizes that while this system is flawed, it's better than what he had when he played. And I think people missed that message. When he played, hell, the two best teams didn't even play each other. <laughs> um, yeah. That's the thing that people better realize. It's not yeah, like the he, system he was won only half a national championship because Michigan played Washington right. State in the Rose Bowl and they were number one. That was the Brian Greasy team. 
and uh, and they won one half of the national championship. And Scott Frost in Nebraska defeated Peyton Manning in Tennessee in the Orange Bowl, and they won one half of it. Correct. So he understands that this system, while it's flawed, clearly, is better than what he had when he played. And I think that's what his message was, that he respects the fact that it's a better system and they're in the right direction, but it's definitely flawed. And he pointed out the flaws of it. And let's be honest, Jeff, you have followed the college game like I have. The sport moves like a glacier. So it's not going to change next year. It's not going to change two years. Your hope is that they kind of grow it. Uh, and 10 years from now, and for the people that argue, my la- the laughable part is they laugh when, well, if you add more teams to the playoff, it dilutes the regular season, which is the complete That's, so, that's the, one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard in my life. It is. It is. If anything, it actually increases the regular season right. excitement because now because more teams team are more teams have a now. shot. <laughs> exactly. And so, but here's the thing: we, we're also as fans, and this is why again, college football fans are the biggest idiots. Um, you know, there's a really simple solution to this: don't go to bowl games, don't watch bowl games, don't support bowl games because if you don't, then they go bye bye, and then that forces their hand and like crap. Now we got to get playoff games in. So that would be my advice. Don't go to bowl games. Don't watch bowl games. Don't support it. Don't support the system. It's fairly simple. Uh, I don't watch bowl games. I don't. And it's a big part of the reason I haven't done that for years unless uh, my team isn't involved in it. And that's as simple as that. I won't pay for a bowl game. I'll never pay for a bowl game. I think it's a, it's one of the things that hinders this sport. I think the, the, the fact that we have a billion bowl games is embarrassing. And the fact that we're rewarding teams that are six and six is embarrassing and five and seven and whatever. If you want a playoff, if you wanted to expand with it, it's real simple. Don't go to bowl games. And here's the thing. If you really have an issue, let me ask you, gentlemen, this, this, this question. If you're a team and it could be pick your team and you feel you were just from the playoff system and you get invited to whatever, the Peach Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, whatever bowl game that year is. What if you said no and said, you know what? No, I'm not putting up with this. I'm taking a stand. What if more teams did that? You're seeing players starting well, to skip bowl games for their draft prospects. Wouldn't skipping bowl games really send the message and really put the pressure? If you're talking about the the New Year's Six Bowl games, it would be financial suicide. Oh, what, what, what did you say there, it's Jeff? It's true. Sorry, it, would be, it would be financial suicide. You're, you're getting that payday. Oh. And if you choose well, to eschew that payday, I mean, your AD should fire your head coach then. Now, if, we're, not, ta- now if we're talking about the Idaho Potato Bowl, where you get like two, like like sure. twenty grand, you know, I mean, that's that's one thing. But I mean, you're not going to see teams give up like the non the non semifinal New Year's Six. Well, then don't expect the system. To, well, then don't expect the system to change anytime soon. Wasn't there an article the day out that said like? NCAA will not explain will not expand expand college ball playoff. Like I think I read that like today or yesterday. Like correct, correct. They've already said it. Like yeah, it was like it just came out. Like by the way, definitely not going to change what was already a quagmire now, this season. No, part of that is they're under contract for I think what till twenty twenty one twenty twenty five. So they're not. Oh so great. They're not going to change anything for another decade. So that's that. You know, like they said that ten years ago, oh, we're not going to change. The next thing you know, hey, let's go to four teams because that's what ESPN wants. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, um, well, they're going to say they're, they're going to sit there and say, you know, oh, we're not going to expand it until ESPN says let's expand it, and then they're going to expand it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. So the bottom line is, it's not going to change until that happens, and that's why I don't I don't blame players for skipping bowl games. I think if I endorse players skipping bowl games, 
take care of yourself. Don't worry oh, about well, especially if you you're know. not in the semis. Exactly. I mean, you know, oh, I'm I, I don't blame. Like, look, remember all the all the stuff about Leonard Fournette. Well, guess what? <laughs> he was right. <laughs> yeah, and so was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So I don't yeah. blame those guys one bit. All right, we'll leave it right there because uh, we've gone long enough. But um, you know, like I said, I, 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 you were you asked me, Eric, off air, like, when are we ever going to stop talking about this? The answer is never. <laughs> Never. I, I mean, there you go. It's it, because, and 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 it comes back to the UCF national championship debate too. It's that's always going to be there. That's all. It's always going to be there, and it's never going to get settled because well, we have no football. means of settling. College, that's because the college football media is a bunch of idiots. They have nothing better to do. So, uh, I mean, seriously, like see, they have no up, life. Right, the college Jeff, football see, media Jeff. is idiots. Jeff. Right. <laughs> Softball committees, idiots. I'm writing this all down. We have, we have, we have, uh, it's official. We have a drinking game. Absolutely, we, we have a drinking <laughs> game. And you can put it on the front page of the banneret. If you listen to this podcast, every time Eric Lopez says idiot, you got okay, you 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 to drink. Okay, you if, you, if you, okay, here's the deal. If you, uh, here's our new drinking new drinking game for our upcoming podcast. If Eric Lopez calls somebody calls somebody an idiot on the podcast, you got to take a drink. Absolutely. All right, Eric, I'm looking for can you I to. Make a re- can I make can I make a request? If we're going to do that, can we just use the Chris Jericho liner when he goes? You know, you stupid idiot. <laughs> stupid idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah. I, the, here's here's the thing. If you are part, if you are a person or part of the group of people whom Eric Lopez calls an idiot, you have to chug your drink. Yeah. <laughs> All yes. Right. Are we in if on you're this? Listening to this. Do, yeah. we have, do we have an and agreement? I, and can <laughs> I be? Can I? Can I just be like a little? Can I be like a little like uh, like like the the peacekeeper here and just say like, if to UCF fans who are listening to this and are offended that Eric Lopez has called you an idiot, if you think that's happening, I didn't uh, call them fans. I called college football fans idiots. Well, I, I think I think people. Are, well, UCF fans who, are a subset of that. Our culture, right? I just want to. I think what is trying to be said here is like. Just come at th- just come at things with a little clear and a more fair viewpoint. Don't always think that the world needs to revolve around your team. Right. Like Correct. that's all it is. Okay, so just <laughs> I can I know see I can see Kevin Reyes on the UCFSports.com <laughs> message board no, 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 saying, "What the hell are you both. talking about?" <laughs> let, me, let me ask you both. Let me ask you both. You're both Yankee fans, so you deal with this crap a lot. Yeah. Every time the Yankees, oh, yeah. every time the Yankees win the World Series, what do the critics say? Oh, oh well, they've bought all their players, you know, is, right. you know, yeah. And, yeah. So, so what's your reaction? Do you get offended by that? Do you get into an argument or do you just say, well, well I, whatever? I, know, I, I say uh, whatever because I know they're wrong. So here's my thing. If I'm a UCF fan, whatever Nick Saban says, Scott Frost, whatever, you went 13 and 0, the best year in your life. What are you mm-hmm. worried about what other people think? Who cares? Why are it's, you worried about what Nick Saban says? Well, it doesn't matter. It's the perpetual outrage machine. It, 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 you know, I mean, we have to crank that up because that's You know, people and by the way, there's psychological studies about and I know I'm going to get into some real Ph.D. territory here. But nice. but there are some, yes. you know, even though I don't have one, but there, there's there's always been there's been studies done about, you know, people react to negative um, to, to sort of negativity more profoundly than positivity. I mean, that's just that's how the entire cable news industry exists. Um, it, it, it just it, it 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 gets clicks, it gets ratings, it get, you know rile people up, and it'll happen. 
Um, well, doesn't that just, not to let, not to like delve into like human psychology here, but isn't that sort of rooted in the fact that like humans as a species are really uncomfortable changing their viewpoints because that in itself is uncomfortable. Oh, so yeah. when they are faced with when they are faced with an opposing viewpoint that might make sense, the the immediate reaction is to combat it with vitriol and, and things that make you feel more comfortable, even if your opinion is wrong, because yeah. changing your opinion is more uncomfortable than actually, you know, than actually just saying like, I'll this, just be right. Yeah. You this know? is about, this is about tribalism. I mean, and there's, there's yeah, nothing tribal. more tribal in America than college football. And, uh, and, and, it, and, and it's, and Brian, you're absolutely right. There've been more studies done on, it's called the backfire effect, where if someone has a preconceived notion that's false and then you present them with inf- with correct information that's contrary to their preconceived notion. They won't change their mind. In fact, they will dig in further into their incorrect belief. So, uh, LOL, nothing matters, as I say to my friend Matt Brodsky all the time. I mean, we're just we're all screwed yeah, and just everything. Enjoy your and- life, like enjoy your life. Like I, I, I laugh when I see fans get all bent out of shape because. Colin Cowherd made a comment and took a dig at you. Like, who cares? Who cares, man? Life's good. Life. There's a lot more things to worry about than what Colin Cowherds or the Nick Sabins say. Like, who cares? You you have a great football program. You the the you live in Florida. Life's good. Like, you know, come on, smell the roses. It's okay. Life's gonna move on. Yeah, and I would say the same thing for other fan bases. Win on, op- win on opening day. <laughs> win win your next game, and then that, hey, that, see that's the thing that everyone wants to say is like you know hey, <laughs> I always say this. I forget who said this, but winning is the great deodorant. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it gets rid of it, it gets rid of all the bad smells, and if and if you win, this you know, no one can say anything, you know. So, right. anyway. like, like you guys aren't gonna like you guys aren't gonna be like all mad when all these people said that you bought the title in, in October when you win the World Series for like the fiftieth million time, and Giancarlo Stan is the World Series MVP. You're just gonna brush that off. Who cares, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to talk, Again, about, and talk I, about the other 25 guys that the Yankees uh, that the Yankees actually developed in their farm system. So, and, and again, in a more like general sense, and this is sort of how I approach it. I, I approach every sport like it is like in the end, it's just it's just sports. And I know that's a bad thing you. to say on a, on a podcast. How dare you, Murph? How dare, you, Murph? How dare I know you. it's a, it's a bad thing to say about like podcasts, but like this ain't like Syria or like the Palestine-Israel conflict. Like it's a football game. So it's not really that big of a deal. It's, the world moves on. I know it's a crazy thought, and it does move getting, on, and eventually there will be a seat. <laughs> wow. We, this got existential in a hurry. Oh, man. I love I, it. I enjoyed the PhD <laughs> breakdown, though. I mean, oh, how many? Man. I mean, that was pretty wow. good. Actually, wow. you actually made me understand this a little better now. I actually feel better now. I think you've, you've done some good tonight, Jeff. You've done some good. We, 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 we've, 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 achieved, uh, we've achieved the Omega Point tonight, so – I'm really proud of us. All right, let's uh, let's yeah, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Murph, I'll start with you. What do you have coming up this week? Uh, I'll be at baseball. If you didn't know. Uh, By the way, congrats on your byline in the Sentinel, bud. Oh, oh boy! You know how I love talking about myself. All right, let's pivot to something else. Listen, I listen. Um, I'm asking you on this podcast to self promote. So please self promote. (laughs) Not. In it gives this podcast legitimacy. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Co-hosted by Orlando Sentinel contributor. The Orlando Sentinel Zone, Brian Murphy. Um, no, I will not do it. I, 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 I wouldn't say I got angry, but I got perturbed at the number of 
uh, Orlando Sentinel references that were dropped in my direction over the weekend against Oklahoma by uh, by you know Trace and the people like they did all in good fun, but like I, I boy I hate talking about myself. That's just not my thing. So let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that I will be tweeting uh, basically all day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's what I will be doing, basically. And then hopefully the next time you hear from me, we'll be on an emergency podcast, possibly on Monday. Maybe. I don't know. That'll be, up to Je- that'll be up to Jeff. Eric, what about you? Well, I'll be at Eric Lopezillo where people will be tweeting me misconstrued any words I said in this particular podcast. They'll be calling me a hater. They'll be calling me a bunch of words. Taken out of context. Absolutely. Obfuscating. You're pettifogging issues over here. You're so, absolutely pettifogging issues. So, so while you guys worry about all that stuff, I'm actually going to go to the Lightning Capitals Game 5. I'm looking forward to seeing Alexander Ovechkin. First time in person against Steven Stamkos. Little Game 5, Lightning Caps on Saturday. Hang out with some friends in Tampa. And enjoy life, people. We live in one of the best states when it comes to weather and things to do. I, that's what I like to do. And uh, we'll be doing that. And, of course, uh, obviously following the softball uh, stuff on the field to see what's going on. And so I can talk about it and act like I know what I'm doing on FastPitchNews.com. <laughs> so that's probably going to be my uh, – and maybe pop a cameo at baseball if the weather allows it. Sounds like a plan. I got uh... – yeah. Uh, what do you call it? I've got um, – I'm hoping I can get, try and get down to baseball this week. I'm not 100% sure that I can. But um, Jeff's, Jeff's got kids. Jeff's got, got like a yeah, life and stuff. Kids. Well, I'll, well, I I'll leave you – uh, Baseball's a friendly kids game. It's for the kids. Well, it's – I don't know how friendly it is to a six-month-old. But um, <laughs> the – which, by the way, I'll leave you guys with this. So last week was a crazy week. And the reason why was because from Sunday evening – or Sunday afternoon until – Wednesday night, I was by myself with the two kids because my wife was up in um, Atlanta for a um, for a conference. And let me tell you something: uh, I don't know how many of our listeners are single parents. All right, I don't know how many of them, but whoever is, God bless you, because I don't know how I survived that seventy-two hours. And you guys have made a have made it your life. So my hats off to all of you who are. Um, because being by myself with two kids, one four years old, the other six months, let me tell you something. That was – you want to talk about how time flies? Time flies when that happens. You, so. turn, you, you turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Just sh- shut up. <laughs> and my son is like, right away. I, 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 have, I have a headache. <laughs> it could be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. But, by the way, let's just let's – just, like quickly point out that we have talked about an Oklahoma quarterback baseball player for about 10 minutes, the idiocy of softball committees, college football fans in general, human psychology and tribalism, and now kindergarten cop on a UCF podcast (laughs) and and parenthood and the troubles of parenthood. So come on, we're not all just UCF. It really, we're, we are, we are dipping our hands into so many bags here. I'm, I'm never a fan of whenever my, whenever my students write this and anything that they write, but there's literally something for everyone in this podcast. So, (laughs) all right, (laughs) let's wrap it up here. Brian, Eric, thank you guys. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you, Jeffrey. All right, and thanks you, thanks to you, the listeners, for, well, listening. You can uh, check us out if you don't already. Tell your friends. Rate us uh, on uh, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in. Uh, follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com, Facebook, black, Facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret, and UCF underscore banneret. 
on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. Don't forget all of his work that he does uh, on uh, Fast Pitch News and the In the Circle podcast. And follow Brian at Spokes underscore Murphy. And, you know, occasionally when he does like Orlando Sentinel stuff and whatever. So shut up. <laughs> shut up. For, for, for Eric and Brian, I'm Jeff. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We'll catch you next week.